All right, another preview podcast here. It's a Wednesday Locked On Syracuse episode. Another Ivy League team is coming into the Dome, at least fingers crossed, as we're recording this. At least that's how it stands right now. You got to say that now, but Cornell is back on the schedule. Jimmy Bayheim revenge game. We'll dive into all things Cornell, do the prop shot, make our picks for this game, and more coming up on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. You are Locked On Syracuse. Your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in. It is the Locked On Syracuse podcast, and we thank you for making us your first listen every single weekday. We're here with you guys. Only place for daily SU pods. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, be it Spotify, Apple, any of those podcast platforms or on YouTube. If you want to watch the episodes, each and every episode is on YouTube. You can subscribe to the YouTube page there and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We're always live tweeting the games, breaking news as it pertains to Syracuse. So Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky and Cornell is the opponent on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. tip from inside the dome. They are the 228th rated team on Ken Palm out of about 350 or so teams, and their net ranking is 128. Syracuse, by the way, up to 102 in the net after the win over Brown. They were 118 entering that Brown game, and it's another Ivy League team. They were picked to finish a little bit behind Brown, but I think it's sort of a similar test because Cornell has maybe played a little bit better than expectations so far. Yeah, it's always good to to get some of these local and state teams, too, into the Dome, give them that sort of big game atmosphere. Like, And again, Aside from the fact that, that Jimmy Beheim was the son of Jim Beheim, I'm sure he appreciated that opportunity to play on the dome floor, kind of playing that big stadium-like venue. But again, this is a team that Syracuse really should take care of pretty handily. Uh, Cornell's already played a handful of teams that are from the Power Five. They got killed by Virginia Tech, and then they mm-hmm. lost by 11 to Penn State. So there's somewhat of a sample size out there, but this is another one of those teams, Syracuse. Just take care of business, get some of these other guys, kind of like what we saw in that Brown game, get Benny Williams some of those developmental minutes, Frank Anselm, Samir Torrance. You want to bring those guys along here so that it'll play out a little bit better and maybe you can give them some opportunities in ACC play. Yeah, that Virginia Tech game you mentioned, 93-60 to loss, that was the last time they played, and that was way back on December 8th. So even a longer break than Syracuse had. So they should be rusty here. We know that even before Syracuse went on the COVID pause, they were kind of in a pause of their own because their campus was basically on lockdown. They also have played some similar opponents to Syracuse. They played Lafayette and beat them 90-85, to who Syracuse beat in the opener pretty handedly, and then they did beat Colgate pretty much a couple days before Syracuse lost to Colgate. They beat Colgate 78-68. to So it's a team that has actually sort of exceeded expectations, like I said, but when they've gone up against anyone that has been Power 5 competition, they have struggled a little bit, mostly struggled on defense, losing to Penn State 85-74, to and looking at their metrics, They definitely struggle more defensively and front court size, that type of stuff, rebounding more than they do on the offensive side of the ball. Right. This should be a game where Syracuse, just by sheerly showing up, should win, right? And that's what you want to see. It's kind of like those early season games. What did we always used to say? Leave no doubt for 40 minutes. I would say for the most part, Syracuse did that against Brown. And then this is another one of those opportunities now where you can really assert your dominance. And 
not just that, but you want to get experience without wearing yourself out. And I think Syracuse kind of got that off on the right foot with what transpired in the Brown game. Nobody played more than 30 minutes in that game. We oftentimes, even in some of these games against lower-level competition, we'll still see the Buddy Bayheims, the Joe Girards play 36 or so minutes in those games, 34 minutes in those games. And I think it's valuable that you didn't only have to play them. You only had to play them 30 or so minutes in this most recent game. You got bench production. You got the walk-ons to chew up some of those minutes as well at the end. You got Barama Sidibe in the game as well, too. So I think all of that was a good thing, and I'd expect – Jim Beheim, perfect world, same thing happens in this game where nobody plays more than 30 minutes. I would like to see that. I'd like to see even Barama play some minutes towards the end of the game if they want to go that route. And we've talked a lot about Benny, but this is kind of that last chance for him to maybe sort of gain some confidence before ACC play. I do think it's a little bit of a misnomer maybe that Syracuse kind of plays to its competition. And that's sort of a narrative that's been around the team that, okay, they're going to lose some games they shouldn't lose, and then they're going to win some games that they shouldn't have won. And I think a lot of people have sort of put that on this team, and that's their expectation as we head into ACC play. And I will say, for the most part, that's been the case to this point, losing a game to Colgate, beating Florida State on the road, losing a game to Georgetown, that type of stuff. They have sort of played to their competition so far, but I think going forward – what we're going to see is this team kind of just beat the teams they're supposed to beat and then lose to the teams that they don't really have that gear against. The good news is there's not a whole lot of those teams in the ACC this year, but I think it will be pretty similar to what they did last year, which was not really necessarily get a lot of quad one wins or road wins in ACC play, but they kind of won all the games they should have won. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it because even though we have said – that whole they're going to beat some teams that they shouldn't and they're going to lose to them to some teams that they shouldn't. I think my whole basis of that wasn't necessarily from the the standpoint of they play to the competition of their opponent. I think it was more, oh, this team can shoot the lights out and like like they did against Brown, shoot 60% from three. There are going to be some games along the way where that happens and maybe you catch a team like Duke or a Virginia Tech or a North Carolina in one of those games and I feel pretty good about Syracuse winning almost all the games where they shoot 60% from three, right? right? (laughs) And then you're going to have other games where the defense totally collapses, the bottom falls out from underneath them, and you're not getting those shots to fall that maybe you did against a team like Brown or, or some of these other teams that you played throughout your schedule so far. And maybe that game just so happens to be against, like you mentioned, a Colgate, a VCU down the road. Maybe it's a Miami or a Pitt or Boston college or NC state. Like, It's just the nature of how this team plays. It's not necessarily a, oh, they can hang with anyone sort of thing. It's, no, you just don't know what team you're going to get every single night. It feels very Jekyll and Heidi in every single night. Yeah, and I guess my rationale for that is that this year, specifically with the offense and just nearing in on that, it seems like when the offense has gone up against a good, tight defensive team like a VCU like even Villanova, where they scored Mm -hmm. 53 points, they've struggled. But then when the offense is going up against a team like Cornell or Drexel or Brown or, I don't know, even Georgetown, they score points. Yeah, Yeah. Indiana, that's a good example. It's This offense is really good against bad teams, and I think it sort of has some flaws against some tight defensive teams. So that's why I feel like when they do play these top teams, like to me, when they played Auburn and Villanova, 
I walked away from that game, more specifically Auburn probably, and I wasn't thinking, gosh, we almost had them tonight. It was more like, man, we just don't really have that gear to beat a team like that right now. We don't have the pieces of the players that maybe a, a previous Syracuse team was, which I don't know if that's how the entire fan base thinks, but that's just at least my opinion on the situation. And you know what that comes down to? That comes down to not having a difference maker who's got that sort of athletic level ability yeah. who can just blow by you at any given time. And, and that, that's where you miss the, the promise of what was Benny Williams. That's why his ability to take that leap, be a significant contributor in ACC play, and ultimately, like this team will be at its best if Benny Williams is playing at the level of a starter. It's just the, the bottom right. line of what this season is. If you have Benny Williams playing at the level that he was sort of promised to you at, this is a completely different basketball team because you've got that guy who's got the athleticism to go out there, make a play for you, blow by a guy. you got to keep him honest. And right now, you, you don't have that on your roster. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean this team doesn't have good players, but it almost feels like you've got a 3D printer up in Syracuse, New York, that just carbon copied every single one of these guys out there. And it's easy to stop the, the same guy if, if there's four of them out there. It's a little different when you've got a guy who's maybe an athletic freak like Benny Williams and can also get to the basket, make plays defensively. And that's the problem, is that you've got too much similarity out there on the floor right now. Yeah, that's a really good point by you because I, I think, think about it like this. From think about it from a, like a baseball lens, it's like having four righties that can throw ninety five yeah. in the starting rotation. Like that, that's right. what Syracuse has right now. If you are a team that has some size, some athleticism, and can defend the three, like you're probably going to beat Syracuse this year. Yeah. And there's probably not a way that Syracuse beats them. So I guess what I'm saying is, I think it's almost a little bit of a misnomer. Like I said that. We, to believe this team's just going to go in and, and maybe one day beat Duke and then the next day lose to uh, Boston College. I think they will take care of the BCs, the Pittsburghs in the conference. They didn't take care of Pitt last year, but outside of that, they pretty much did what we thought in every game, right? Like they're pretty predictable yeah. in ACC play. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and I think too, I mean, you've, you've got Buddy Bayheim, and la last year I think the Pitt game's a little bit of a misnomer's just because of the fact that it was kind of part of that COVID pause, yep. the, the uncertainties and all that stuff. And like, let's not forget, they, they had some of those games in hand too. Like you had double digit leads on pit. You just mm -hmm. didn't hold on. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So we will dive into the prop shop in just a second, but it is the new year coming up. So that means new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include built bar in your plan. Built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are your solution because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. 130 calories is what most of the Built Bars contain. Four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, or four net carbs total. So compare that to your typical candy bar, which has usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar. You are eating a lot healthier, and they still taste like candy bars. You can take it from me and Tyler. We love these things. So many delicious flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream. You name it, they've got a great flavor, and... A lot of these flavors, you just have to taste them to believe how good they are. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. 
Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So let's dive into the prop shop now, which an update on the prop shop. We had, I guess, a decent game last week. You went four and three. I went three and four in the last game earlier this week against Brown. Currently, I'm 20 and 28 down 760. You are 19 and 29, Tyler, and down 930 to this point. So not good on either of our parts, but still at least a competition. Football got out of hand because you were beating me so bad. So at least... Early on here, we got well, a competition. You, you did start to pick it up towards the end of the season and, and yeah. start to hit on some of those, like the first touchdowns and all that stuff. Right. So we need to collectively, as a group, you and I, I get, again, this is kind of a head-to-head, but I think for like morale's sake, we right. need to start up at it. We need to both start elevating our, our game here a little bit. I, I would agree. I, I threw in some garbage time touchdowns in football, but that was really all <laughs> at the end of the day. So first one for this game, it is the Cornell-Jimmy Beheim game, so we got to throw in a prop for him. Against his former team, his over-under will set for points at 14-and-a-half. You figure they got to feed the beast early on, I right? Know. Well, okay, we know he's scoring the first, first bucket. We know that. Like, yeah, yeah we know that. I, I, mean, thousand, right? I tweeted this out from our account, at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. Is there a, a family that dominates the first four minutes of a basketball game quite like the Bayheims? I mean, I mean, seriously, like that game, the, the first four minutes of that game, the first four minutes of the second half of that game, it feels like every single game they come out hot. Some the tandem of Jimmy and Buddy Bayheim score the first 10 points. It feels yeah. like almost every single game, like Jimmy gets the first bucket. Then you get a buddy three, maybe a layup, maybe a free throw line jumper in there as well. Then Jimmy will hit you with another bucket, and then Buddy gets like six points after that. It's like uncanny how often it happens. Yeah, I don't know why they – and even at the start of second half sometimes, like yeah. you were saying, it's, it doesn't matter what it is. Jimmy always starts the game well, and it's not necessarily like – I think this happened a couple times where they've drawn up a play for him, and they definitely did drop some plays for Buddy out of the halftime break against Brown. But a lot of times it's just Jimmy's the one that's sort of ready to go. And when the play folds or the first couple play folds, he just steps back and hits a three or something like that, right? Or catches it on a cut. But the number here, 14 and a half, little steep. Uh, I I just don't know if he's going to get the minutes to get there, to be honest. And and like we've kind of said, this is Benny's last stand. And who is he going to cut into the minutes to? One of the candidates is Jimmy Beheim. So I'm going to go under here. Doesn't mean he's not going to have a good game but I just think under 14 and a half. I'm going to go over. I think this is going to be a higher scoring game because both teams play pretty up tempo. He's averaging like right around 14 points per game. And you think he's going to want to take it to the rack here. And I guess it didn't really work out with Cole Swider against Villanova. He probably hit the under of his projected points in that game, despite an early three, but Jimmy's probably going to have eight points by the four minute mark of the first half or 16 minute mark of the first mm-hmm. half. So 
I feel like is as long as he just gets a couple buckets from there. Next one, Syracuse three-pointers made. We will set the over-under number at 11.5. Cornell, not a good defense, allows a decent amount of threes per game. Syracuse averaging 8.7 threes per game. This is a really high over-under, and I think it has to be high. I'm going to take a slight under, but I will say after hitting 13 against Brown, it's going to be probably an even easier defense to make some threes against, and the tempo of this game should be even faster. So I could see them getting to that number. Yeah, this is the a Cornell team that's the fastest offense in the country, the number one pace. So you're going to see these teams flying up and down the floor. I, I'm going to go with the over here. And listen, they Syracuse made 13 threes, which sounds like it's just sort of skating by, but they only took 21. I think they're going to take way more than that in this game against a Cornell team who right now allows a lot of three-point attempts. They actually do all right defending the three-point ball, but in terms of from an attempt standpoint – they're allowing almost 44% nice of the <laughs> of their attempts uh, of field goals to come from 3. And I think Syracuse they've got the personnel certainly to exploit that. So, I'm going to go with the over here. I don't expect Syracuse to shoot 60%, but I I expect Syracuse to shoot more than 21 threes and as a result I feel like they'll go over that 11 and a half. Next up, over under two and a half minutes played for Barama Sidibe. So, I don't know if, I mean, I think a lot of fans probably want us to touch on Barama and I just don't really see it being a huge factor the rest of the season. But in this particular game, I guess I will take the over because why not play him four or five minutes if it does get out of hand, like we're probably both expecting it to in the second half. So I'll take the over. It's basically, do we think he's going to play when you're setting the number at two and a half? Yeah, this is, I just wonder too. I mean, I know he didn't do a lot. Right. He only ended up playing what two, three minutes against Brown. Pretty much. Yeah. And I just wonder to myself, like, okay, that's a quick turnaround here. I mean, we're talking about two games in three days. And I get that. He only played two minutes. He barely broke a sweat in that first game. But that's a lot asking for a guy who just came back. Um, and I don't know if he's healthy. And I'm I'm with you. I mean, Brahma's health for better or for worse, I don't think is going to dictate the outcome of this season. Like getting Barama back doesn't all of a sudden make this team a tournament team and him not playing another minute the rest of the season doesn't make them an NIT team per se. So I, 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 I'm going to go with the under here. I just, you never know. You never know. And it's sad because he seems like such a great kid. Both you and I have interacted with him. Right. He's great. Yeah. He's a great guy and, and you root for him, but I, the health, you can see there's problems. You can see it's the same way that you felt at the end of Daywan Coleman's career. Like he was just kind of there, wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot. And you knew it was probably best to, to shut him down at a certain point. Well, it goes back to what you were saying about like you have four righties. I feel like he's just sort of adding the same thing that Frank Anselm and Jesse Edwards is, even if he gets to his peak and plays some healthy basketball this year. He's still a defensive liability at times. And, and especially with bad knees. Yeah. And then he's still not that great of an offensive presence. I think Jesse is definitely head and shoulders above the other two offensively, although Frank mm-hmm. did show us some stuff in the. Georgetown I think Frank's, game. Be- Frank's be- probably better than Barama, even yeah. the limited sample that I've seen. It, I guess what I'm saying is it's not like. You know, Samir comes into the game. He's not as good as Joe Girard, but at least he's giving you something different than the other guys. Right. And he's good at some other traits that the team needs. Barama is just sort of 
Frank, but not as good at this stage of his career right now. So I don't know why Beheim would go to him for more than a couple minutes here or there, just in, in sort of a relief role. But next up in the prop shop, and I like this because we are on opposite sides of the first three questions. So one of us is going to have a good week so far. We'll see who <laughs> it is. Or we're going 500 and we're going to hate ourselves. Yeah, that, that could and both whiff on the, the, most likely option. the lead in scoring. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the who will lead Syracuse in scoring question that we always do. Buddy plus 110, Joe Girard plus 235, Jimmy plus 275, Cole Swider plus 375, Jesse plus 500, Benny plus 1,000, or other plus 1,000. I'll just take Buddy. I mean, plus 110, I, I haven't done it enough this year. We probably, none of us were on him last game, and I think this is maybe the start of a Buddy hot streak here, coming off the COVID pause, and he should get up a lot of easy shots against a Cornell team that really has no one that can stop him. Yeah, I'm torn between Buddy or Joe here. I know the the splashy pick might be Jimmy Beheim. I'll, yeah. I'll ride with Joe. Uh, I, he had, a, I thought, a really solid game, found something in that second half. I'm going to go with Joe because we know at the end of the day, Buddy and Joe are probably going to, A, play the most minutes on the team. They're probably each going to play about 30 to 32 in this game, and B, are going to take the most shots. And right. the, the odds are a little bit longer with Joe, so why not take the value play? and take Joe Girard. But I'm with you. I think this is going to be a start of a little bit of a hot stretch for Buddy. He's always played well against Virginia, too. They're on the horizon as well on Saturday. Right. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I like I like the Buddy pick, but I'll, I'm going to play the odds game here. All right, speaking of odds, and we will dive into our picks against the spread from Bet Online. but Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs coming up. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their website. You can go on a mobile device if you want. Sign up today, totally free. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code that's locked on to get that bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the games start. And don't forget about that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. The betonline.ag spread for this game is Syracuse currently 15 and a half point favorites against Cornell. The over under, a very high one, set at 162. They were nine and a half point favorites against Brown, and they crushed mm-hmm. that easily. I think they're probably going to cover here again because I feel like, if anything, this game is a high-paced, up-tempo, high-scoring game, and that sort of favors Syracuse. I think this team really should be playing as quick as they can on offense. They have the pieces to do it, and I like that Cornell plays fast. You brought up how average possession length, number one in the country, also seventh in tempo. Syracuse is 118 in tempo so far. I'd almost like to see that number, and these are from Kempom. I'd like to see that get even faster because all the great Syracuse teams, they play well in transition. And this team, if they're, you know, getting up and down the court, could lead to some open threes, which they have kind of struggled against tight defense to get those open looks because teams are so keen to key in on the three-point shooters. Yeah, and I think you've got the personnel to play with tempo, too. Yeah. When you think about I think Gerard's pretty good in tempo. He makes pretty good decisions on fast breaks. And then you look at occasionally. I mean, there's like one or two that is head scratching, but he has a good 
look ahead pass to Jesse every mm-hmm. once in a while. I agree or with you. Frank, you like you've yeah. got centers that can run rim to rim. And that's important yep. when you're playing tempo here. You've got shooters as well in the perimeter that you can surround yourself with. And I think Jimmy Beheim's is a very underrated player in transition as well, because he can do some crafty things, whether it's facilitating or making a cut to the rim. So I think you've got the pieces to play in transition, and it's something that I think both you and I would like to see a little bit more of. As for the spread here at 15 and a half, I'll take Syracuse in this game. Traditionally, they've beat up on Cornell pretty good. And yeah. I think ever since Brian Earl took over for the Big Red, there's one been one game that's been under 19 points. And it, I believe it was that one of the first games that Jimmy Beheim played in, it ended up being an eight-point game. But traditionally, this is an orange team that blows out Cornell and Jim Beheim against some of these lower rung teams, it may be close in the first half. But when you get to that second half, he, he finds one little thing that you're doing wrong and he exploits the living hell out of it. And I think that's something that Syracuse is going to do in this game against Cornell. Literally the only way I see Cornell keeping this game close is if they do the Colgate thing and just make a lot of threes. Yeah. Because that's what they do. They spread you out. It's a Princeton-style offense. Earl came over from Princeton. He played there, which means they spread you out with shooters, and they have a big in the middle that is basically the facilitator, which sometimes does work out decent against the zone. I remember Drexel was sort of like that, and you know they hung with Syracuse for the first half at least. But it's just you got to get on the shooters on this game and don't make one random guy who comes in off the bench beat you by knocking down five of seven or six of his first eight. You know, like that's the only way that they lose this game. They're way more talented. And honestly, they match up pretty well also because Cornell's not going to really get to the boards a ton. It's not like that's a concern, whereas that is usually a concern when you look at Syracuse and how vulnerable they are to giving up offensive rebounds. Yeah, smaller guards. You've got a six nine big man who actually is a pretty good facilitator in Kobe Dixon. Um, but I'm I'm not a whole heck of a lot of worry in me in this game. Um, in terms of the total of one sixty two, that's a high number, man. Yeah, that, like that is a high number. I, I'm gonna err on the side of the under here, just because like we see some teams that aren't nearly as talented. They they hit the brakes at a certain point. Like that happened with Brown. They hit the brakes offensively at a certain point. And I don't know if they're going to be able to score. Listen, I think Syracuse is going to be able to score enough in this game, but it's going to be a matter of can Cornell score enough in this game. I get there's going to be a lot of possessions to be had, but that's a big, big number. You figure if Syracuse scores 90 points and we think Syracuse is going to cover, then you're asking Cornell to score about 70 or so. So in the 70 to 73 range, that's a lot in my book. So I'm going to say, and that's already assuming Syracuse is scoring 90. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the under here. Yeah. I went into this game before I saw the number thinking I'm probably going to ride with the over here because Syracuse, I could see getting to a hundred points as crazy as that sounds. I really think this is maybe the game they do it. And it could be like Lafayette or like Brown where they're just raining threes and they're out in transition and they're making the right passes. But then I ran through it in my head, like, okay, if it's 90 to 60, that still doesn't get you to 160. Like, you're not even close to right. 162, really, at that point. So you you still – I mean, that puts you at 150. It's it's a lot, like you said, to ask to get to 162. So I think we're on the same boat there. We both. This have will Syracuse probably covering. be the highest total we'll see yeah. for a Syracuse game this season. And in terms of what can you take away from this game, I just want to see the defense not give up 
you know, more than 60 to 65 points. That would be what yeah. I can take away. I think the offense, we know what we're going to get. This is the 19th best offense in Kempom. It's going up against a bad Cornell D that doesn't have athletes that will probably allow a lot of threes, but Cornell can shoot over the top of the zone. And a lot of teams have hung with Syracuse this year because they have been able to knock down shots against the two, three zone. If this defense is really improving and it's getting to the point where we need it to get to, then you show us here by holding Cornell to, I don't know, 55, 65 points. That would be the one thing I'm sort of looking at and maybe could take something away from this game because they should win and they should win easily. I'll, I'll up my number there. Like I would be okay if Syracuse allowed in the neighborhood of 65 to maybe yeah. even 70 points, just from a pace standpoint. That's and there's true. going to be so many possessions in this game that I think it may be tough to really gauge. It's like Virginia. When you used to play against, and I guess still to a degree, when you play Virginia, you're going to hold them under 60 points most of the time, right? Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean your defense played well. It's just, okay, there were a limited number of possessions. How many did Virginia capitalize on? It's the inverse of that in a game like this, where it's going to be hectic and frantic, and you're going back and forth, back and forth. So that that's where I, I'm going to maybe up my total a little bit here. And if there's some garbage time at the end, that stuff yeah, that's isn't going to bother me a whole heck of a lot. So. I'm okay with maybe even 70 points. I can still take away that maybe it was a good defensive performance, just given the way that the game flow is going to play out. Yeah, maybe you look at the points per possession a number yeah. at the end of yeah. this. That could be a good way. To, I, I'm totally agree with you. Maybe yeah. 65 is or 55 is unrealistic. There's a reason why the over-under is set at 162, and that's predominantly because they're probably thinking about the pace of the game and how hectic it will be on paper at least. So anyway, we both have Syracuse covering. We're both taking the under over at betonline.ag and we expect Syracuse to win their 41st straight game in this series. They have won every game the last 40 since 1968. So hopefully that keeps going. It didn't continue against Colgate, but I, I have good vibes going into this one. I think it was a strong showing against Brand, and we'll see if they can uh, pick up an easy win inside the Dome against Cornell on Wednesday night. We'll be back on the Thursday pod to recap it at all. And then the Friday pod, we'll be back to previewing because Virginia it is preview, recap, preview, yeah. recap, preview, recap this week. The, the pod schedule, usually sometimes we kind of plan it out before. We didn't have to do that this week. It wrote yep. itself. And hopefully yep. Virginia stays on the schedule and we're not eating our words later on. But as it stands right now, it's a busy week of games. So a good time to subscribe to the show. Totally free and available wherever you get your pods. Also subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And we'll talk to you guys with the Cornell recap tomorrow. Tomorrow.